Hey there, I'm Greg Finn, filling in for Christine Zernheld. AKA Shop. And it is officially Marketing O Talk. On these special episodes, we take a break from just reading the news and take down a deep look at a specific digital marketing topic. Today, we're going to get down and dirty, nitty gritty with lead gen ads. And just like our famous Friday news shows, you'll be able to catch this episode in video form on YouTube. You can head on over to marketingclock.com for a direct link or look up the search engine journal on YouTube to see our smiling faces and our special guests. First guest, someone you may know, digital marketing manager here at Cypress North and Marketing Clock co-host Mark Saltarelli at Marketing by Mark is here. Hi, Mark. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. And hello, all of our friends and listeners out there. And what better panelists could we possibly have than not one, but both of the dynamic duo that makes up the paid media pros on YouTube and paidmediapros.com. Michelle Morgan at Michelle M S E M on Twitter, director of client services at clicks marketing. And you've seen her everywhere. SMX, HeroCon, PubCon, search engine journal, e-summit, paid media pros everywhere. You've seen her. Welcome Michelle. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Happy and, to be here. Great. And you are with your, the other part of the dynamic duo, Joe Martinez at Milwaukee PPC on Twitter. And you've seen Joe everywhere. Search engine land, marketing land, WordStream at Hero Conference, Cura, SEM Rush, Joe, anywhere you haven't been? Uh, <laughs> anywhere outside my house in the past year? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both for coming here today. And in case you're not familiar, uh, they run the channel Paid Media Pros on YouTube, and they do a phenomenal job of explaining and breaking down everything to do with paid, paid social, paid search. If there's paid in the term, they cover it over there. So give them a subscribe over at Paid Media Pros on YouTube. And I will be moderating our discussion today and I will be leading you, the listener, to generate some interest. See what I did there? Because it's lead gen ads that we are talking about today. And I want to start off by talking about what lead generation ads are. And in case you're not familiar, it's a different type of ad. And I'll start with uh, Michelle and Joe. You just put out a, a, a video a few weeks back about lead gen ads. And can you explain what a lead gen ad is and why it's different than a traditional ad that you that people may have seen? Totally. Okay, yeah. So lead gen ads are kind of a step in between the advertising platforms and your website. It's one of those things that we can use to generate leads, hence the name. Instead of sending somebody all the way to your website, when somebody clicks on an ad in the Facebook or LinkedIn newsfeed, it actually opens up a form right in the feed. Sometimes there's a little bit of preset text that's in place. And then a lot of their information from their profile will actually pre-populate in the form. If it doesn't, then they need to type it in. Um, but then they can just submit directly through the platform. And then there are lead integrations to make sure it goes into your CRM in the exact same way it would if somebody filled out a form on your website. So it really kind of cuts out your website as the middleman and makes the experience a little bit more cohesive for the user. Some people just like to stay on the social media platform that they're on and not leave. And sometimes if your website is slow, lead gen ads can really help there. And Joe, how does this, what does this look like to somebody that gets the ad displayed in the wild? How, how, how does this, this operate? There's usually, I don't know if like title screen is the right 
word, but it's almost like a little splash page that Michelle kind of says it kind of acts as your website. It gives them a little teaser of what to expect. So they, they clicked on the call to action extension to open the lead form. And then there's some information that it's on the advertiser side to make it appealing for the user to want to fill out that information. So I think your, your, um, your offer is gonna be extremely important to get that user to fill out that information, especially if you're not using any of the auto-populated fields, depending on what the channel is. Great, great. And, and Mark, what type of businesses or industries would use lead gen ads um, over another? Yeah, I think obviously like lead gen ads are best suited for any business that's using a traditional um, B2B sales cycle. So business to business companies primarily and anyone where you're going to have someone submit a lead form and they're going to follow up with sales. So any where you're using a form in your marketing, you could replace that with a lead gen form, sending someone to the in-network form rather than a landing page. I think personally, from my experience, these work best with B2B SaaS products or anything where your user is going to be much more technologically savvy. Um, that being the best case scenario, obviously there are some B2C applications, like um, people might use these a lot in real estate or anything where there's going to be a sign up. And kind of the thing that people don't think of a lot for using lead gen forms is that if you do a lot of email marketing, um, you can use these to build newsletter audiences as well um, as a less common use for lead gen forms. Fantastic. And we're gonna break down a little bit of the differences by platform, but just another plug here. If you want to know every single thing about lead gen forms, there's a fantastic video intro to lead gen ads uh, by Paid Media Pros. And this was launched in February of this year. So we'll link on over to it from Marketing O'Clock. If you want that link, head on over. Um, and let's talk about the different types of lead gen ads. Is, is they're not all made the same. And so, Joe, is there anything that you can cover about Facebook for the lead gen ads and how Facebook lead gen ads work? Yeah, it's when you're going in and creating your ad, I, obviously when you're creating a, a lead gen ad, you have to have the campaign objective selected for lead gen. I know when we talk certain things with within Google with their extensions um, and then whether you're using it for YouTube or not, you can kind of add that as an add-on to whatever you are doing. But with Facebook, you have to select that specific campaign objective and it will be optimizing purely towards to getting that form filled out. Um, you do have the options to use some auto-populated fields within Facebook. But one of the things that I know Michelle and I like to do is using some of the custom options that you can create to get that user to actually pay attention to what they're filling out. And it's, we use that to qualify users. If the client isn't looking towards volume, they want to get the right user instead. So someone who is more likely to want to actually buy the product eventually down the road, they're willing to fill out more information on the form. So we've definitely utilized that, uh, those additional custom question fields. Um, it could be something where you could just have them open type. You can make it a multiple choice question. Um, there's a few different formats for these custom options. Uh, but then of course, there are some additional options for, you know, besides just your name, work, email, phone number, those can be audio populated from that user's profile. Um, then 
there's a specific a confirmation page with this is very common with pretty much all lead gen formats is where you're sending those users after they fill out the form could be to your website to a pdf url depending on what you're promoting um, but then i know a lot of things that we do as well is making sure that those leads then are synced within the crm so you can hook that up depending on you know if you're using hubspot i know has a lot of auto-populated ones you could set up your tracking tags so you know specifically those leads that are fed back into your CRM are from your specific Facebook campaigns. And then one thing too, I should, I should mention as well is what Facebook offers that not all lead gen platforms do. LinkedIn definitely does, but you can create audiences from your lead gen form interactions, whether they have interacted with the form before, but not filled it out. You can create audiences from those. Um, you can create audiences, whether they filled out specific forms. So either you can use it as exclusion audiences, or if it's a more of a top of funnel, type approach, like just a PDF download, you can use that audience for a next step campaign tactic and use it as a targeting option to get that user further down in the funnel. Awesome. And that's super valuable. And we'll get to that um, in a little bit, some of the really advanced items, but I, I want to keep it with LinkedIn here and have Michelle, I, I think many people kind of think of, of LinkedIn as the def default when it comes to lead gen ads, just due to the fact of that sort of inherent B2B nature. So um, is there, what should people know about lead gen ads on LinkedIn specifically? Yeah, I think a lot of the, I think you're absolutely right that people think of LinkedIn lead generation, they think explicitly of B2B. And that honestly is quite frankly where it's at because that's going to be the number one B2B platform that's out there simply because of the way that people fill out their profiles, right? It's effectively a living resume and as impactful as people, well, I guess as useful as people want it to be, they can either fill out a lot of information or not very much. And almost all of that information will pre-populate. But one of the things that I like about LinkedIn that's a little bit different than Facebook is that you can ask questions that are about the company that the person works at as well, not just the user. So we're going to try and get their name, their email, their phone number, all this sort of thing. And you can segment between a work email and a normal email. Um, but the other part of it is you can also ask like what industry is their company and like what size is their company all this sort of thing and you can get that sort of information in the lead gen form so it can help you qualify those users just a little bit better like facebook there are also some customizable questions not nearly as much as facebook <laughs> i think everybody knows that facebook has a little bit more developer help than linkedin does unfortunately um, but there's still a lot that we can do with linkedin to definitely get the most out of that platform Fantastic. And I think out of the, the sort of big three where you think of from lead gen, at least LinkedIn, Facebook, Google, Mark, I know that, that lead gen is a newer element with um, Google ads specifically. And it's, it, it, can you cover some elements that you've seen when testing, experimenting with lead gen on Google ads? Yeah. And Google ads is definitely late to the game here. I think We've been doing this in the other platforms for probably about five years now at least and google just started testing lead gen forms in beta last january and the thing about the google ad lead gen forms i was super super excited about these and have like kind of been pacing myself backwards on how excited I am about them. Um, but I'll start about with the good. Obviously, Legion forms in their existence are good. Um, you have a lot of the same options that you have on um, with Facebook and LinkedIn. One of the coolest things that I thought was that 
in the Google ads lead gen forms, work email and work phone number are not auto-populated. Like if you change that in LinkedIn, it changes the label, but they're still auto-populated from their profile. So in reality, you're not getting that person's work email or work phone number unless they change it. You're getting what they um, have in their profile. So that's a really big advantage in terms of intent and taking the time to actually fill out the lead gen form that Google makes you do that. And that's probably the biggest highlight of those lead gen forms for me. Obviously, the other big pro is that you can use them in search. So you get more of that intent due to the nature of um, Google search ads compared to LinkedIn or Facebook. And the thing that I was most excited about is that recently where lead gen forms had been an ad extension type for Google ads campaigns, they recently let you use them as kind of the main place you're sending traffic on your Google ads by changing your campaign settings to always show the lead form rather than your landing page. I tested this out using a Google experiment with uh, one of my clients and we had been previously told that um, Google lead gen forms are now available on desktop and on most countries. But when I put it into the experiment and I was sending in my A variant, it was a regular Google search campaign with a lead form ad extension. In my B variant, it was that same campaign, but someone was always being showed the lead gen form instead of the landing page. And even though it was a complete 50-50 split, um, the campaign with the lead gen form um, was getting about a tenth of the impressions. So they weren't able to serve that lead gen form up on every device, which was extremely discouraging. And we had to pause that so we weren't losing out on those opportunities. Okay, so still, other, some, oh. so, so still some, some issues with them working yes. it out of beta. Um, um, all right. Wait, Greg, can I say one thing that's really important? Um, the other really... Oh, sorry. Um, the other major drawback of Google Ads lead gen forms is that they don't pull in any keyword data um, that you can send to your CRM so that you can only see in the Google Ads platform. There is no way to bring that into um, your CRM natively. You'd probably have to make some sort of custom script to get that support. Well, that's not a good feature, Mark. <laughs> we'll get to that a little bit later with some of the tools and things. And again, there still are some shortfalls, right? This is um, newer ad types and newer technology. And I guess, is there anything, any others out there where you can do lead gen forms specifically? Any other platforms, networks, Cura, anything like that? Yeah, yeah, Cora. Cora definitely has lead gen ads. And that's one where you would have to select that as your specific campaign objective as well. Great. Great. Okay. And so we've kind of defined what the lead gen ads are now. And so getting into the insight and strategies as to why people use them. If you haven't used lead gen ads before, you probably don't see all the value here. And I want to start with you, Joe. Um, and, and so you kind of touched on this when you're talking about the Facebook um, lead gen ads, that there's a little bit less friction there. Right. And so can you explain that and why it is so valuable um, in by having less friction with those lead gen ads. Yeah, I mean, some of my favorite channels in general that you'll see, I have a lot of videos on and what I speak a lot about are, are YouTube and Quora. And those are 
specific platforms where people love to stay on the channel. Uh, the vast majority of people who use YouTube and Quora, they use it on their mobile app. They use it on through the, via the mobile app and their mobile phones. They're not really using that on desktop for the most part. So when that happens, those people are honed in. They're dedicated to the content on those channels. They don't want to leave. So from an advertising perspective, we want to make it as easy and seamless as possible so people can go back to watching the video that they're watching. So they can go back to answering or looking up the question that they originally intended on doing. Um, so when we consider that of the experience of the user and the device that they're using, we want to tailor our lead gen forms to make that as easy of an experience as possible. Um, so whether we're using certain custom questions, I know Google has built-in questions by industry. Um, sometimes you can ask like, what model of a car that you're looking for? And that's already built in from Google um, as one of the default questions you can ask if you are in the auto industry. So it's trying to make those things as, as easy as possible so they can just get back to what they're doing. I know I probably said that like three times in a row, but I mean it. <laughs> nice. And I know, Michelle, that in your video, uh, Intro to Lead Gen Ads, you had a very specific section on this. Um, but with less friction to convert, um, what does that mean for the leads that are generated? What should people be careful of? Yeah, so it means that there is a higher likelihood that the leads that are going to come through are of lower quality because the people aren't having to fill out and type out their name, email, all that kind of stuff from scratch. It's very easy to just go, oh yeah, that's already populated and then just hit submit. You don't have to think about it. You just kind of look at it and it's easy to send it along. So that's one of the biggest things to keep in mind. And there are definitely some strategies that I think we'll talk about in a little bit to try and make sure that we're generating the better quality leads. But it's kind of the first start of making sure that you can get the leads in the door. You have some sort of offer that people are willing to submit their information for. And then after that, we can start to work on things to get the quality to be a little bit better. But yeah, the, the idea of less friction can certainly be a double-edged sword when it comes down to lead quality for sure. Great. And then Mark, so I know you touched on it from uh, you know the B2B side specifically, but when do you decide that you want to try using lead gen ads versus say a standard landing page with a form that's a hard demo or whatever that same offer is? Like when do you decide, hey, I'm going to try lead gen ads for this? Um, what goes into the, that decision? Yes, I think kind of what you have to think about is what the next step is going to be after someone submits that lead gen form. So when I say like if we're doing like a content offer where someone's downloading something and there isn't really any direct sales intent, I say probably like almost all of the time, it's a safe bet that you should be using a lead gen form um, just because of the nature of that. But if someone's going to get pushed to sales right away and a salesperson is going to follow up with them, that's really where you need to think more critically about whether you should use a lead gen form or a landing page because you don't want to send someone to sales who has had who has no idea who you are and the salesperson's not going to be able to actually sell them um, because you don't want to give them leads that aren't actually qualified. So I say the only time like 
when you should be using a lead gen form for a demo request is there's like a kind of a few qualifiers for when you can do that. Like A, you need to be able to convey like what your product or service is and like really sell the value on that within two sentences. Like someone needs to be able to understand what your product is and be sold on it within the ad experience and doesn't need to go to a landing page to fully experience your product. And you need to have a product that's a pretty easy sell. Like you shouldn't be using lead gen forms for a demo request for a year long sales cycle. Um, it should be something that's very easy to understand and not a very tough sell. Um, a product that's very straightforward and easy for someone to understand. Great. And then again, we talked about this quick with the friction side of it. Um, and this is to the entire panel. Uh, when do you decide that we're going after um, lead quantity versus lead quality? Like, how do you go about that? Asking more questions? Like, can you just talk a little bit about you know, how you approach that, that kind of, that conundrum? Yeah, you talk to your sales team first. <laughs> because I guarantee you, if you start pulling levers one way or another, and they don't know, they're going to get mad. Um, so one of, one of the benefits of having more quantity is that, in theory, the quality leads should be in there. So the sales team is going to work them when they come through. But there has to be a balance between quality and quantity. And any, anybody who's actually worked directly with a sales team will tell you that salespeople don't like to not be busy, especially toward the end of a month, the end of a quarter, anything like that. And they will take any number of leads that come in because they're confident they can work them through to a sale or they at least want to have the shot to do it. So typically the biggest decisions come in when we talk to sales and get feedback on those leads. If we've got really high quantity coming through and they start saying that a lot of these leads aren't good quality and we can't get to everybody, then we need to start paring it down. But other times of the year, we could have that same high quantity and the lead quality rate could be the same, but they're happy with it. There's not necessarily a one size fits all rate in my experience. It really depends on the sales team's capabilities and uh, their amount of time that they can actually dedicate to following up with each one of the leads. And that's going to be as big of a decision maker as anything else, to be quite honest. And I'll hop in and look at two different perspectives of the campaign goal and then as well as potentially the product that's being sold. So we're or I'm, I'm running a few different uh, Facebook Legion campaigns purely to collect newsletter emails, similar to what Mark mentioned before. They're honestly just purely concerned about volume. They want as many as possible for as the littlest cost per lead as possible as it is a smaller budget client. Um, they're not fully concerned about having too many that they get charged more for sending out with the email marketing list. They just want as many as possible. If people don't want the email, they could just opt out when the time comes, but they're using just the bare minimum name, email form fields just to collect as many as possible, purely just to build a as big of an email list as, as they can. Uh, we have, uh, we've worked with other clients before that have looked at specifically of quality because they have an expensive product. They don't want to deal with the quantity of people who are just going to be there like, oh, I'm interested in it, but I can't afford it. So from there, we look towards looking at the quality of the user instead of how much, because they need to have 
only people who have the money to buy this specific software or you know city government truck or whatever we, we those high ticket items really only apply to certain people and we don't care about the quantity so it, it's kind of those factors we definitely have to play in and mix as well yeah and to michelle's point i think that like where i've been most successful with my client relationships is when i do have direct access to the sales team and can get that immediate feedback and I think one of the biggest things with lead gen forms is making sure that salespeople understand how this person came to them. So making them know that how little information they're actually seeing before they fill out the form so that the salesperson understands that this might be a higher touch follow-up where they need to give a little bit more information in their follow-up emails where I saw a salesperson following up with LinkedIn leads and just going, hey, you requested a demo. Does this time work? And it's like, you need to reintroduce the company a little bit and give a little bit more context for why you're following up because there is so little friction, you need to kind of like remind them because that was such an easy like one button click for that lead to submit the form. You need to remind them like why you're emailing them. You can't just follow up with asking them for a time. You need to treat that different than someone who viewed 10 website pages and submitted a form. Fantastic. <clears throat> All right, now let's get to some of the good stuff. Any tips? tricks, tools, anything else with a T that you think will enhance your campaigns. Um, and I guess we could start with some of the tips and tricks. Michelle, is there anything that you have specifically when you're running lead gen campaigns? Um, any, anything at all? Yeah. So I've got two things. One is like a, a tip and the other one is kind of like a bare minimum, if you will. Um, so the first is use those custom questions. Don't be shy about using custom questions, especially if you are trying to qualify those leads a little bit. They can be based on anything. It doesn't have to be more user information. Like if you want to know their middle name, which that's a weird request, but <laughs> if it's something that like your sales team needs to know a certain piece of information before they want to talk to them, just ask it in the form because then you're going to give your sales team more information. They're going to have a better idea who they should and shouldn't follow up with. And that person will have had to have hopefully stopped and actually thought about what they filled out in the form. So they should be a little bit more qualified. And hopefully that information makes the conversation easier for both sides because your sales team needs to pay attention to what they said and reflect that rather than asking it again. So that would kind of be the first one is don't be afraid of using those custom questions. And then the bare minimum thing is honestly out of just like rage that I have sometimes um, from people not doing this right is that just because you're generating leads doesn't mean that they don't need to be part of some proper nurture sequence just like they would on your website. I can't tell you how many times I've been generating leads for people, sometimes for months, and come to them and said, oh, hey, how are, how are these leads doing as they're going through the sales cycle? Like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, they're not in a nurture sequence. We're just generating leads. And it's like, you're not even doing anything with it. Why are we spending your money? Like, I'm happy that you now have an email list that you can not email. I don't know. Anyway. Or they, they I'm sorry, I'm going to cut it. Yeah. They don't even go to like LinkedIn or Facebook and export them because they don't have any like Zapier yeah. tool to automatically do them. Love that that happens. That's great. Yeah. 
they're I'm just like losing it over here. <laughs> Tell me about this it. This is that's my worst I nightmare. That's I'm like, I'd be like, yeah. why am I even doing this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, but thanks that's for exactly the money. what I'm saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Wait. like, that's, yeah, like that's exactly what I'm saying. Sometimes people will generate all these leads. They'll leave them in the platform, like Joe said, or they'll just leave them in their CRM and not do anything with it because it's a top of funnel lead or if it's a different thing or if it's not exactly the right way that they had the demo request and one form field wasn't mapped appropriately in Salesforce, something like that. If you're going to generate leads, please follow up with them, whether it's a very soft touch or completely going through and having sales contact people immediately. I don't care which it is. Just don't put them to waste because then nobody's getting any benefit out of it. Yeah. It's almost like Michelle, you're a marketer, not a magician. Weird. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I knew I needed to change my job title. The, yeah, the whole, the get whole magician thing in there is a problem. Yeah. Gotta get you a top hat there. All Obviously. right. And no, Joe... We gotta saw her in half. That's what we need. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, any tips or tricks that you've got? Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked a few times today. I think everyone has kind of mentioned that your, your lead forms are almost like your landing pages. Well, you test out your landing pages, right? we should be testing out our lead forms too. Instead of just creating that one lead form and just you know, milking it forever, you, you try one, assume it doesn't work and then you never do lead gen forms again. That's your own fault. Um, look at what's gonna engage people. What, what target audience, whoever you're targeting, what information are they willing to give you? And that's something you don't know until you test out different forms. Um, other things that we test out as well as the offer that you're offering it could be the exact same amount of field forms, but they maybe they don't care about your white paper maybe they want something else maybe just getting them to read a fun gated piece of content um and they don't need the white paper you don't know until you test it out and then other things that we look at um testing out is the post fill out experience um do they want to go back to your website do they want to explore um a specific landing page do they want to go do you send them to a youtube channel just to engage with your videos and try to build up something like that it's test out a variety of different things and find out what that target audience actually likes to do and what content they want to read. Um, it's no different than testing out all your different landing pages or all your other ads and all the channels. Great. And Mark, how about you? Yeah, I say, well, first, right to, to Joe's point there, the crazy thing about LinkedIn lead gen forms is that all of the like pre-fill information like shows up towards the bottom of the form. And if you have like fields they need to type in. Most people don't even look at the pre-filled fields because they just show up as plain text. So you can get like people's phone numbers with like very little friction. They don't even know. I think we had one where like, oh, we shouldn't collect phone number. This is just an asset. Um, we don't want to add any friction. We just want volume with this. And then we added phone number to the form and the conversion rate was unaffected. So I think that is like a very great point, but kind of where my background and like where my passion is, is again, after the conversion, I'm a big marketing automation person. I'd say the biggest thing is making sure those lead forms are properly integrated with your CRM and your marketing automation platform. Um, most platforms offer some sort of native integration. So like HubSpot, Marketo, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, all have tools there to natively integrate um, those lead gen forms into your CRMs or marketing automation platforms. Um, also one of my favorite marketing tools ever is Zapier. 
and that will connect you to just about anything. And the great thing about using Zapier over one of those other tools is that you can get much better attribution that way. So the way that lead gen forms pull in into HubSpot and Marketo is that you don't get your campaign names or ad names um, as actual fields that you can use in the CRM to trigger automations or use for reporting, um, but you can send those over using Zapier. So I actually use both integrations in a lot of times where I'm using HubSpot to make sure that the lead gets to a salesperson right away or is enrolled in a nurture right away, but then I'm using Zapier to override any attribution that isn't supporting what I'm trying to do. And I think having that lead being assigned to the salesperson right away is even more important with these lead gen forms since they are so low friction. Um, you need to make sure that your salespeople are following up with these right away. I think if you're assigning them um, automatically and I've, I remember like when HubSpot ads came out and we switched from manually importing um, leads from Facebook into using HubSpot ads, it improved conversion rate from MQL to SQL by like 20%, um, just making that immediate instead of having some sort of delay. So that's my biggest thing, automate, automate, automate. Fantastic. So we heard about Zapier, which, you know, runs, I think for, you know, professional level about 50 bucks a month and is probably, you know, well worth it for anybody running lead gen ads. If you don't have a tool like that, um, what is the process even like? Is it worth running lead gen ads without some sort of automation into your CRM or, you know, just automation out of the platform? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Like I said, I was, Back in 2017, I was doing this for a major company. We were generating um, probably around like 30 MQLs on Facebook a day through lead gen forms. And we were just uploading those manually into Salesforce every morning um, and making sure those were assigned to the right salespeople. And it still worked pretty fantastically. Obviously, it was much better once we had an automated solution to have those go from Facebook directly to Salesforce. Um, we were having problems with the webhooks that are in Ads Manager, so we had to do it manually. And honestly, it still worked. It's not going to be as effective, but it it is worth testing. All right, and then question for the panel, are there any other tools out there that um, make sense to use with lead gen forms? Or is it just Zapier? <laughs> Do they have the market on this? That is I'm definitely feeling... by far the most experience I've had yeah. is Zapier. That one plus the native integrations, I think that should mm -hmm. have you covered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think I would just echo um, Joe's point earlier of using um, both Facebook and LinkedIn have great audience tools that you can use with lead gen forms. So you should definitely be making audiences based on your lead gen form engagement. Totally. Great. And then one, one last thing here, just when Google launched their lead gen um, ads specifically, there were some some complaints that happened on Twitter. I know we covered on our Marketing Clock show, our weekly show every Friday, um, but people had complained that you don't instantly get the traffic, you know? And, and this is, I guess, not a tip or a trick, but what would you say to somebody, a client that might come to you and be wary of using lead gen forms uh, or lead gen ads because the tra they don't actually get the traffic instantly to their site. What would you say to, to them specifically? 
Do you mean like they don't get the traffic because in the way that Mark talked about his experiment, Google only shows it for 50% of the time or the entire drawback, which is that people don't go to your website. Don't go to your website. So don't if, go to your website. If that's, okay. the, if that's the complaint Got it. That, cost, that somebody says, well, they're not coming to my website. What would you yeah. say to them to, you know, to, to help ease their mind? I would say that we still need to create a good user experience. And if we've created some sort of um, appealing call to action in the ad, we can deliver on that more quickly. And that is useful for the end user. I would also say that whether you're feeling the effects of it or not, our third-party cookies are going away. So a lot of that audience building that we talk about that sends people to the website for good reason is not going to be nearly as robust in the future. And it's actually better to start building your own first-party data so we can retarget them later than it would necessarily be to get a website visit out of it. So it's kind of six and a half and one, or like half a dozen and one, six and the other, whatever it is. There's not necessarily going to be one strategy that's perfect um, because the website audiences are gonna go away. And some people's websites, they're really proud of them and they're real bad. Um, so sometimes you, you it's took better. My point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's better to just have people have a little bit of better user experience of just getting the content that they want right away. Not to mention, my guess is that people want people to go to their website because they've got all those pop-ups and whatnot, and they want you to sign up for a newsletter. We're doing that without irritating them and having pop-ups. So yes, they don't come to your website, but ideally they'll have a positive interaction with your brand the first time around so that later on you can retarget them based on how they engaged or through your first party CRM uploads back into the platform from that lead gen ad. And then they'll recognize your business and remember, oh yeah, that person wasn't overly salesy. I got exactly what I wanted right away. And then you can be part of a nurture sequence later. Fantastic. All right, and let's get to some parting thoughts here on lead gen ads. And so Joe, is there any, anything that you want to leave and instill about lead gen ads to our audience here today? Yeah, I mean, we kind of briefly touched about it is that different channels have different features, not only within the lead gen ad format itself, but look at everything else that channel offers. There's targeting options that you can get on LinkedIn that you can't get on other channels. There's targeting options on Quora that you can't get in other channels. If you're using Legion for YouTube, there's a bunch of targeting options that you can't get with other channels. So potentially where you're targeting people, how you're targeting them, you may have different forms or different questions that you're asking that could be more appealing for those channels. So even if you're trying to target that same user across all the different channels, are you testing out different forms that are going to fit with that channel experience, not just literally duplicating the same field, same questions, same thank you page all across all the channels. It's really saying, are you identifying that experience? So it's my parting words are, if you're going to test it out in other channels, you know, making sure that it's worth it within those channels based upon the unique features that each one offers. Awesome. And Michelle, how about you? What would you say to our audience about lead gen ads? I would say that we have talked a lot about how you can target people and get people to convert, but as a marketer in the way that it bothers uh, myself and I'll say all of us on the call, if you don't follow up with a lead, it also really bothers me when we pay for that same lead twice. So in the way that Joe's talking about running things on different platforms, all that sort of thing, it's, there are lots of great targeting options. Don't forget about the exclusions. Use your customer list uploads in all of these different platforms. Every platform we've talked about has it, I believe. Um, you can upload anybody that you've gotten a lead gen form from. 
or you can also utilize on LinkedIn and Facebook. There are audiences based off of how people engage with your form. And if they opened and submitted it, you can create an audience of those users and add it as an exclusion to your campaign because there's no reason to pay for that person's information twice. Great. And Mark, your thoughts? Yep. And I would say, um, like, the reason why we use lead gen forms is to, a big part of it is to um, increase conversion rate and improve that. But I think, um, more importantly with lead gen forms is if you're doing that, you also need to think about post conversion and helping that person um, get to the next step in your sales cycle. So whatever that is, make sure that is a huge part of your lead gen form strategy. So you're not just dumping um, a bunch of contacts into a trash bin, like <laughs> do something with them and think about your follow-up strategy as much as you think about your lead generation strategy, because really these contacts are worthless if they're not converting down the funnel. Fantastic. And that does it for the show today. Nobody was sawed in half. Nobody was harmed. Um, the only thing I think though- The show's that, not over yet. <laughs> that, that have, there may have been some shears though. This is the first time I can remember in a digital marketing panel that we had both a mohawk and a mullet on the same panel. So you can see that over on Search Engine Journal YouTube page and for sure subscribe to Paid Media Pros. Thank you very much, Michelle, Mark, and Joe for taking the time today. Remember, you can catch Marketing O'Clock, our weekly news show every Friday, rain or shine. Uh, and Mark, where can people contact you if they want more Mark? <laughs> You can find me on Twitter, of course, at Marketing by Mark. There is a lot of Mark there um, on LinkedIn, Mark T. Saltarelli, and of course, CypressNorth.com. All right. And then to the paid media pros who, again, you should definitely check out the intro to lead gen ads. There's also Facebook lead gen ad tutorials, YouTube lead gen ads, Cura lead gen ads, LinkedIn ads, lead gen forms tutorial. If you want tutorial, that is your go-to. So Joe, where can people find you and, and how do you help people? Yeah. LinkedIn, I'm at uh, Joe Martinez PPC. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Milwaukee PPC. Uh, Twitter is going to probably be more professional, the easiest way to reach me. Instagram only if you want to really see pictures of vinyl records and Star Wars stuff. So you're welcome. I think All the right. people do. Yeah. <laughs> definitely do. They definitely do. <laughs> All right, Michelle, it's Michelle M S E M on Twitter. And where can people find you if they want more, Michelle? Yep, they can use that Michelle M S E M across any of the social platforms. If you want me to actually probably ever respond to you, probably just Twitter and LinkedIn because the other ones I just have because I have to market on them. So that's really it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all. And if you're looking for digital marketing news and a lot of really bad puns, please be sure to subscribe to the show. We release new new shows every Friday with Christine Zernhal, Jess Budd, and Mark Saltarelli, and myself. And we have these special roundtables each and every month. Thank you all. And we will see you next month.